Welcome to Women With Books. I have a fantastic guest today, Terry Wilson. Welcome, Terry. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, why don't you go ahead and start off and tell us what you do and what you write? Oh, okay. Um, well, I am a romance and women's fiction author. Uh, I write for Harlequin Books, special edition line. Um, I've also written a few single title books for them as well. And I also write for gallery books. And I have my very first um, women's fiction romance blend coming out with them later this year. Um, and a few of my books have also been made into movies for the Hallmark Channel. And I just kind of wanted you to give that overview because I was afraid I was going to forget something because it was so, it's it's like a lot of stuff that we need to talk about. <laughs> it is a lot, I know. <laughs> but one, one of the things you did not say was that you have also recently been nominated for two Rita Awards? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. For I mean, it's okay if you don't want to go around telling people yeah. that. No, we can I'm talk about go it all you want. Yeah. <laughs> so for those uh, readers out there who don't know, the Rita, R-I-T-A, I'm not just saying that with a Southern accent, um, or Brooklyn accent, I don't know which one it would be. Um, <laughs> the Rita Award is one of the highest the highest awards that can be given by the Romance Writers of America. And you got two for two different books for this year. You've been nominated. The Princess Problem and Royally Wed. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. And we just kind of have to, I have to know how that phone call went. Can you? <laughs> it was actually Do you remember funny, it? <laughs> oh my gosh, I do. And it was a funny phone call. So I would love to tell you about it. Um, well, first of all, I've never been nominated for a Rita before. So it was a total surprise. And it, I was thrilled. Um, and in the romance community, we kind of, you know, most writers know the day of the, re when the Rita Award, uh, nominations are coming out. You know, they, uh, Romance Writers of America posted on their blog as they make the phone calls to the finalists. And so a lot of, a lot of us are always watching it to see if our friends are nominated. Um, and of course, we're hoping that our phone rings and that we'll get a nomination. Um, because if you're, if you're a finalist, one of the board members on Romance Writers of America calls and lets you know. So, of course, I knew it was going on that day, and uh, I, my, we were getting a lot of work done on our house, and my contractor was here. He had come to pick up his check, and so we were chatting, and my phone rang, and of course, I jumped, you know, and I looked at it, and I saw that it was a number that I didn't recognize, and it was from Atlanta, Georgia, and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this could, this could be a Rita call. And so I said, I need to take this call. So I picked it up and it was um, Renee Ryan, who's one of the board members on RWA. And Renee is also a good friend of mine. Uh, we both used to write for Harlequin Love Inspired. I think she might still write for them. Um, so we've known each other a number of years. And every year at the RWA conference, there's always one day in particular where the two of us accidentally dress alike. I mean, not on purpose. We just kind of both show up wearing somewhat matching dresses and it's happened every year for like the past three or four RWAs. So I picked up the phone and I said hello and um, she said hi Terry this is Renee Ryan and she sounded super excited and so of course I had a feeling I knew why she was calling um, but then she said I'm just calling to coordinate our outfits for the Denver conference this year there's no <laughs> she said that's the only reason why I'm calling you today of all days I'm not calling you for any other reason. <laughs> and I started laughing and I said, if that is true, you know, you're dead to me. <laughs> um, 
but no. And then she said, actually, no, I'm calling to tell you that the Princess Problem is a finalist in this year's Rita contest. And I've started crying. Hopefully, I'm not going to start crying while I tell this story. Um, I started crying because I was so excited. You know, it's just a huge honor. And I, of course, I've always wanted to be a finalist. And I was just so excited. And um, I, that book in particular that I wrote last year, The Princess Problem, is one of my favorites. I loved it. It was the very first princess book I ever wrote. And I have a whole, you know, royalty obsession. So I was really excited about it. And then she told me, you know, all about what's going to happen at RWA when you're a finalist, you know, and I forget what all the stuff she was saying. And she told me I would forget it, you know, all the details, because I was still like all emotional. And we go through the whole entire phone call. And then near the end, she said, oh, I should probably tell you something else. Royally Wed is also a finalist in another category. And I was like, what? And after that, I mean, I think I was just like a sobbing mess. I mean, I, I just couldn't, I was stunned. I couldn't believe it. And um, so we ended our call and there's my contractor still standing there while I've been sobbing on the phone for five minutes. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, I just got some really, really, you know, really great news. And I tried to explain to him what it was and I'm sure he had no clue. Um, and then he's like asking me to pick grout colors and stuff. And I said, <laughs> look, you know, I can't do this right now. <laughs> I've got a bunch of phone calls I need to make. And so that's that's how it went. <laughs> oh, that is so amazing. And I love and hate you, Renee Ryan, if you're listening. <laughs> because that was like ultimate, ultimate story right there. I know. It was oh. great. But I was so excited that she was the one who called me. Because, you know, I mean, I know several of the board members, but not all of them. But Renee and I go back a ways. So I was really and she told me that too, that she was really excited when she saw my name on the list. And she was even more excited that she got to be the one to call and tell me. So it was really special. That is so amazing. And you know, I've had my house remodeled a few times with, uh, and it's kind of a weird relationship with your contractors because they do <laughs> kind of intimately see how your house works at seven o'clock in the morning. And stuff. Exactly. And, and I, but I bet that's a new one even for him. I know. And you know, we, I mean, we had a lot of work that, on that particular day. Um, my Keurig coffee maker was on my toilet. That is how bad we had construction going on over here. I mean, the super glamorous life of a romance writer. It was like a mess over here. And um, for days after that, he would call me every morning to let me know he was on the way. And he started calling me by saying, you know, I would answer the phone, hello. And he would say, Hello, most famous romance writer that I know, Aww. times two. That's what he would say every time he called. It was really cute. So. Oh, what a great start to conference season. Yeah. And, um, so I have to ask, do you have your, your dress picked out yet for the Rita ceremony? Okay, well, don't don't judge me. Okay. <laughs> but I purchased my dress within 24 hours. Of Why would I judge I you? Was nominated. Well, I had, you know, I had already had my eye kind of on a dress that I loved. And I was like, if I ever get an occasion to wear this dress, I am going to take it. And at first I was kind of thinking, because a lot of times when I have, um, well, the past two Hallmark movies that I've had, I throw a big party on premiere night. And we all, you know, dress up really fancy and I've rented out a theater and shown the movie. I'm not going to do it from my next movie that we're coming up with because I'm having a different type of party. Um, but I had kind of had my eye on it for like a premiere party, you know, kind of like that. But then when I found out that I was a Rita finalist, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my dream dress. I have to get it. And so I went to Saks and bought it that day. <laughs> 
So yeah. yes, I have it. I'm really no excited. Judgment. You you totally deserve it, and you like what you like. So yeah, no judgment. And um, I have to say though, you are probably like one of the most glamorous, top two most glamorous guests uh, on this podcast because we were trying to get this set up, and at one point I I emailed you, and you're like, oh well, I'm at. I'm on set at my Hallmark movie. Like, oh my gosh. I can just picture you like ordering production assistants around and telling them to get your coffee. No, I'm kidding. Oh my God. No, actually they did get my coffee, but I did not order them to do so. I, <laughs> I am a double Rita finalist. I went some half and half in this. No, I'm totally teasing. Yeah, um, I know. And you know, a lot of people say that. They're like, oh, you're so glamorous. And so I'm going to refer you back to the moment when my Keurig lived on my toilet. <laughs> for 30 days so again you deserve some glamour in your life that's right well um i'm going to talk about the hallmark stuff in just a minute but i'm i still want to talk about the princess problem and royally wed yes um because both of these books feature princesses that don't really want to get married and so i want to know why are you so negative about royal weddings <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not negative about royal weddings at all. Are you kidding me? In fact, just last <laughs> night, I sent out invitations to, um, I'm having a viewing party for the Harry and Meghan Lifetime movie here at my house. <gasps> I know. And so, um, well, the actual royal wedding is on a Saturday, and I'm going to be at RT that, that week. You know, the RT convention is the same mm-hmm. week as the royal wedding. And I do get home the night before, so I'll be able to, like, get up in my pajamas at 4.30 in the morning and watch them get married. Um, but I was kind of worried about trying to throw a party on the actual royal wedding day when my plane gets in from RT, like, six hours before the wedding starts. <laughs> I thought, you know, I could have my husband go pick up the cupcakes, but I was like, no, I'm just gonna have a party, you know, during the actual Lifetime movie, because I can't wait to see that. And I think I had a party during the Will and Kate Lifetime movie um, before they got married. So it's like a little tradition. So anyway, I love royal weddings. I can't get enough enough of them. But you know, in a romance novel, you have to have conflict. I mean, that's what keeps the story going. Right. So... um, yeah, I'm also really into the idea of uh, a royal marrying a commoner. Hello again, Harry and Meghan. So that's another reason why both of those books um, end up with kind of, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but that's why the royal weddings in both of those books are in jeopardy because the princess is, you know, marrying another royal. And so we have to insert, you know, a super hot commoner in there to mix things up. Yes, you do. And yeah. obviously, you've done a good job with it. Um, <laughs> so I have to know, if you were marrying, if you were the super hot commoner marrying a prince, uh-huh. what would you be most excited about in your new role as princess? Uh, shoes, purses, philanthropy, tea, I don't know. What, oh, what my would God. Be f- well, I have something? to say charity first, or else I sound super <laughs> shallow. Okay, so I I'll throw first- that in there so I don't sound super shallow. <laughs> So for the record, charity number one. Yes, world peace. <laughs> world peace, followed closely by Tierra, <laughs> by the opportunity to rock a Tierra as often as possible. And of course, my husband, because, you know, theoretically, I would love him. But um, no, I've always said that I think that I would be a great princess. And I'm not just saying that because I want to wear a Tierra, but I actually would love the actual job description. I would love that. I would love going to visit people in the hospital. And um, in fact, I used to do that with one of my dogs. Um, I had a therapy dog and we visited nursing homes and hospitals and stuff. So 
I would, I mean, and I would love to, you know, help people plant trees and cut ribbons and open stuff. I would love all of that. I'm an extrovert. So I love all of, you know, those uh, occasions and I love meeting new people. And also I would love to, you know, wear some cute clothes while doing all those things. (laughs) And, you know, the opportunity, like I said, to rock a tiara every now and then. So I would love all of it is what I'm trying to say. Sounds great. I've been rewatching The Crown. And, oh my god um, my so favorite good. scenes are where they're trying on the crowns or yes. the tiaras and the crowns and and like when elizabeth's like can i borrow this and and her assistant whatever dude is like well it's yours you know and then yeah. like the like oh it's mine and then when elizabeth's out of the country the other scene i really liked was when margaret is trying on one and she's like no i went to the, the blah 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 one and they're like oh no and she's like no it's it's okay. The queen said I could. I'm like, ah, oh, that's the best line. Like, I can try that tiara on because the queen said I could. That needs to go in a book. <laughs> I know, right? Well, first of all, there's a scene in Royally Wed where the princess is trying on all the different tiaras. You know, they're doing like a, a tiara run through for the wedding. You know, she's trying to pick which one she's going to wear. And of course, the princess herself, you know, hates the whole experience. But, you know, I had to put like a whole tiara fashion show in that book because I couldn't help it. Well, um, but yeah, oh my gosh, there are certain ones, and like a lot yeah. of the royal bloggers know their names. And and are you that into it? Do you know all the like the the clover one and the India one and all that? Um, well, I mean, if you gave me a pop quiz right now, I'm not sure I would pass. <laughs> um, but I did uh, in the in royally wed when she tries on all the different tiaras. There are the actual ones because that that book in particular. I mean, Princess Problem. It's a fake municipality. Um, I. I think it's called Lazaretto Delamote. I forget. I've done several royal fake principalities. (laughs) So sometimes (laughs) I get them mixed up when I talk about them. But Royally Wed is unique in that it is the princess in that book is the princess of um, the United Kingdom, of Great Britain. It's the British royal family in that book. Um, Now, it's a fictionalized British royal family, kind of like the TV show The Royals is how I would compare it to. So... Um, but it is definitely the British royal family. There's corgis. The whole book takes place, almost the entire book takes place inside the walls of Buckingham Palace. Um, it's got Westminster Abbey. You know, it's definitely the, the British royal family. So when she does have her little tiara fashion show, they are the actual tiaras that the British royal family has. And I did a bunch of research on the different ones um, at that time. But like I said, that was a little while ago when I wrote that book. So if you gave me a, a pop quiz, it needs to be multiple choice with pictures and then I could probably identify them <laughs> except the Spencer tiara. You know, I'm, I, of course I know that one and the lovers, not tiara. Those are my two favorites. So, yes. um, what do you, th- well, just before I get into that, what are you obsessed with all Royal families or just mainly the English ones? Well, the English one is my favorite. Um, but I mean, I do know some about, you know, the ones from other countries. I recently went on a trip to Spain with my friend, uh, Julia London, who also is a romance writer. She's real, real well known for her historical romances, but she also writes contemporary. Um, and we went to Spain together and we went to Barcelona first and then we went to Madrid. And one of the first things we did in Madrid was go to visit the palace of the Spanish royal family which before we went there, I didn't really know anything about the Spanish royals, but being the royally obsessed person that I am, you know, I did a thorough investigation before we got there. (laughs) So I would be able to, you know, tell Julia who the royals were, you know, and, you know, she looked it up too. And we went to see their palace, which was amazing. It was the biggest 
like modern day palace I've ever seen. It was huge. And we stayed at a little apartment right by there. So we had like a view of the palace and the palace grounds. It was beautiful. And um, so we went and we looked around and we got to see, you know, all the different rooms and everything, different portraits of the royal family. Um, The queen of Spain, her name is Letizia and she is gorgeous and she used to be like a television journalist before she married the king of spain which is kind of crazy which is why she's so beautiful i guess um but then after we did that we went out to eat at a little restaurant by there and we found out from the waiter that there was going to be a big military parade through the streets of madrid the next day and the king of queen were the king and queen and their two kids were going to be in the parade so we were so excited. We were like, oh my gosh, we're going to get to see the King and Queen of Spain. And so we went to the parade and we waited in the rain. And of course, not a lot of people there spoke English, but we tried to figure out like which end of the parade, like which part of it the King and Queen were going to be. And I mean, we stood in the rain for several hours waiting to see the King, king and Queen. And at the end, everyone started leaving and we were like, well, wait, the King and Queen haven't come. And we found out we were at the wrong end of the parade route. So I know we missed them, uh, but you know that was our close brush with Spanish royalty. <laughs> but now I've been now I've been like keeping up with them since we went to Spain because it was interesting, you know. And they have they have kind of an interesting royal history. But um, yeah, so the British ones followed by the Spanish are probably my favorites. Uh, yeah, wrong end of the parade is also needs to be in a book, I think. Like, <laughs> like someone missing their own parade or, or something. I know, um, right? We keep, when, so now Julia and I keep saying that Queen Letizia is basically our best friend because we almost saw her for five minutes. So. You know, I lived in um, the UK when I was a younger child. And uh, we actually live in Scotland, not too far from Balmoral. So we... Ooh, fun. Went to a couple of things where the royal family was hanging out. And, um, you know, back, I, I, I'm really curious. I would love to talk to um, a British person about this because back then, this was uh, late 80s, you could get within 20 feet. I, I don't know. I just remember being fairly surprised at how close we were to the royal family. And I don't oh, know wow. if security is different now or if security was really tight then and they just didn't. You know, obviously, I think it would have been with the IRA and everything. But um, yeah, so when you say stories like that, I'm like, I once was like, I could have thrown a shoe at Prince Charles's head. And yeah, oh, a lot then. of people would probably want to throw a shoe at Prince Charles's head. I would totally do that. <laughs> but I'm just now that I'm writing these stories and stuff, I kind of wish um, I, I, I guess we need to take a research trip and find some uh, security guards to tell us what the, the scoop is, because um, well, you know, um, I have a, um, I just went to. England in December um, and I had dinner with one of your friends Julia Kelly and a bunch of other writers and while I was there um, we went to Windsor because I wanted to check out St. George's Chapel and again I was with my friend Julia we um, walked down the aisle of the church and pretended we were you know Meghan Markle so we could see what she was seeing on the big day Um, but while we were in Windsor uh, one of our other mutual friends we know a romance writer who lives there in Windsor and she was telling us, I mean, she sees the queen on a regular basis because, yeah. you know, that's that the Windsor Castle is the queen's home there. And she co- goes there a lot on the weekends. And, you know, she was showing us exactly where the, basically in her backyard, you know, right behind Windsor. I guess she goes for walks and rides her horses and drives her car. And um, yeah, I guess if you're in those areas, it's, it's not that uncommon. But, you know, as Americans, we're, you know. We think it would be like, you know, walking upon Ryan Gosling or something. You know, so it would very rarely happen. 
<laughs> yeah, Ryan Ryan avoids those. Last time I saw him, he told me he wanted me to stop coming upon him <laughs> in public parks. Um, so you also blog uh, sort of, I'm, I'm not sure how often, but you, uh, you have blogged before on a royal fashion site. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I, yes, I blog. Well, I'm a contributor to the okay. What Would Kate Do blog. Um, It's obviously a blog about Kate Middleton, the Duchess of Cambridge. Um, I, you know, I'm on a regular schedule, but I forget what it is. It's like once every six weeks or something. And um, they also have a sister site called Megan's Megan's Mirror, uh, which is covers Meghan Markle's fashion. And I do guest occasionally over there, but it's basically just when I have an idea for a Megan article that I think would be really cute and I pitch it to them. And so that's more occasionally, but I'm about once every six weeks over at What Would Kate Do? Do you have any fashion predictions for the for Megan's big day? Um, I think she's going to break some rules. Um, you know, I don't think that you know because traditionally the royal brides wear you know long sleeves. The gowns are pretty modest. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she went sleeveless. I don't know. I, I mean, I can't see her going strapless, but I don't think that her gown is going to be quite as conservative as we've seen in the past. At least I hope not. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that she mixes it up a little bit. Yeah, I am too. I think everyone's really excited because although Kate's was beautiful, it oh, was, it was gorgeous. Yeah, extremely conservative. It could have been on Princess Grace. It could have been on Princess Diana. You know, it could have right. been like throughout the ages, which I think is what she. I'm sure that's what she was going for. Yeah, um, and maybe Meghan will too. I mean, you don't know when you're marrying into the royal family. You might just say, I don't. I don't need to make a splash. I am the splash. <laughs> no, but see, I think she will because that beautiful, I think it's Ralph and Russo, that gown she wore in their engagement portraits mm-hmm. with the um, illusion top and then yes. the beautiful tulle like ruffles at the bottom. Oh my God. That was like the most gorgeous gown. Um, and spoiler alert, kind of an inspiration for my Rita dress. <laughs> but, um, Believe me, it's oh my not gosh, really spectacular, Megan's. But oh, no, what? we're gonna have a we're gonna have a blog post. What um, what Terry wore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know that that was a very splashy gown, and so I just think on her big day, I don't think she's gonna hold back. I think she's just gonna go all out and wear. And I hope she does because, like I said, I love Kate's gown. I mean, that was a beautiful gown. But you know, I. I'm old enough to remember, you know, Charles and Diana's wedding. I think I was 13 years old when they got married. And, of course, I got up in the middle of the night to watch it and everything. And I know that um, her big poofy taffeta gown is dated, you know, for the 80s. But I just remember that being, that was, you know, one of the moments that really made me fall in love with royalty. Well, actually, when she first came on the scene. But, I mean, when she came out of that glass carriage with that gigantic puffy gown, I mean, I just gasped. I still remember seeing it and thinking, oh, my God, princesses are a real actual thing, you know, because I was, you know, still kind of a kid. So um, I'd love to see that kind of big, big princess moment from Megan on her day. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, you've already uh, mentioned it, and I definitely want to talk about it. Your second, well, third Hallmark movie is about to be released in, what did you say, June? No. June 2nd. June mm-hmm. 2nd, and it's Unleashing Mr. Darcy. So why don't you tell us about that? 
Well, Unleashing Mr. Darcy was the first one. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I so, um, and it premiered, <laughs> yeah, it premiered in January of 2016. Um, and the one that's premiering on June 2nd this year is Marrying Mr. Darcy. It's the sequel to Unleashing Mr. Darcy. Um, so the first one, Unleashing Mr. Darcy, is based on a book that I wrote by the same name. And it's, uh, it's basically a modern day retelling of Pride and Prejudice set in the dog show world. So, uh, Mr. Darcy, yes, uh, Mr. Darcy and Lizzie both have Cavalier King Charles Spaniels because that's the kind of dog that I have. And um, he's a dog show judge and she's a dog nanny and kind of a dog handler showing dogs, you know, her own dog and one of her friend's dogs. And he's, he's the dog show judge. So that's kind of the setup for the original one. And um, like I said, it premiered on Hallmark Channel in 2016 and it starred Ryan Pavey, who plays Dr. I mean, um, Detective Nathan West on General Hospital, or he did. Nathan West just died on General Hospital like a month ago. And believe me, I got tweets from people accusing me of murdering Detective <laughs> Nathan West because he right after he left General Hospital, he started filming the sequel, Marrying Mr. Darcy. Wasn't my fault. Just saying. Um it wasn't that like stars... you threw down with the soap opera crew and said, I know. He's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, because I love the General Hospital fans. I mean, they're part of the reason why Unleashing was such a big hit, because they're super loyal. Um, but Ryan Pavey plays um, Donovan Darcy, and Elizabeth Scott is played by Cindy Busby, who's been in a lot of Hallmark Channel productions, most recently Royal Hearts, a royal movie, which I was all over. Um, and so when it premiered in 2016, it just, it did really, really well. I mean, I think we broke the social media record for Hallmark Channel for the most active social media, you know, users during the premiere ever in Hallmark Channel history. And it was just one of, it's just a big fan favorite. And so almost immediately people were asking for a sequel. And of course, everyone involved with the movie also wanted a sequel. And so we're really excited. Um, we're going to be the premiere event for Hallmark June Weddings. They always have wedding, uh, wedding movies for the whole month of June. And so ours is premiering on June 2nd and will be the first June Weddings movie this year. So um, it just kind of takes off where Unleashing Mr. Darcy left off. So correct me if I'm wrong, but Marrying Mr. Darcy wasn't based on one of your books. Correct. There okay. is no marrying Mr. Darcy book. Because you can't write that fast, girl. You've got all these other ballerina and, and <laughs> royal books to write. <laughs> I, w I know. I would, you know, honestly, <laughs> looking back on it, I mean, of course, I wouldn't change the way I did anything because I do love all the books that I've worked on in the past couple of years. Um, it would have been great if, like, the day after the ratings came out, I dropped everything I was doing and wrote Marrying Mr. Darcy. I mean, looking back, that would have been probably a really smart move. But because the movie did so well, I mean, the day the, day the ratings came out, you know, I, I'd got several book offers, so which was extremely nice because um, for years it had, you know, it had been where I was the one submitting, 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 and you know, you know how it is, you get rejections and then, you know, finally you get a yes. And um, so it was a really unique experience to have publishers actually calling my agent. I would love that. It probably never happened again, but it was amazing. Um, so yeah, so I didn't know it's not based on a book, but I was involved with writing the story concept. You know, I worked with the producers to come up with a story and then some, you know, really talented screenwriters, um, wrote the screenplay. So same characters. And I was kind of involved with the story, but there is no book. But you kind of got the best of both worlds though. I mean, you still got to 
come up with the story and have the story continue and then still write all these other books. So, I know, right? Yeah. I mean, this writer's like, yeah, why not? <laughs> oh, I know. Believe me, it's a pretty sweet situation. Um, but I will say, you know, I'm not ruling out writing any other Darcy books. There may be some other ones, you know, coming. So okay. that's all I can say. Okay. Um, so, because there's a lot more to tell, you know, for their story. But yeah, it was great. Of course, I got to go on set for, um, I was on set for two full days. Um, the pictures were amazing. Everyone go to Terry's <laughs> social media and scroll back and see, I mean, just tons of pictures. It's so fun to see like the backstage of a Hallmark movie. Yes, yeah, cool. And I have so many more pictures that I haven't posted. Um, last, you know, when Unleashing came out, I did a little countdown starting 30 days before the movie, and I posted a new picture every day for the countdown. And I'm doing that again this time, and the countdown starts tomorrow. And where are you putting the countdown on social media or your Yes, I, okay. I put it on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So it'll be okay. on all three. But So there'll be a new um, behind-the-scenes marrying Mr. Darcy picture every day for the next 30 days. So what's the thing that you think people might be surprised about, about being backstage at a Hallmark movie? Um, well, usually the most surprising thing and what surprised me when I was first involved with the first film was how quickly they filmed the movies. I mean, the movie is completely done in three weeks. That, that's how long it takes to film the whole movie. And now that's not... That's, I mean, there's a lot of other things they have to do. I mean, there's usually a few weeks before that with location scouting, casting, and all that kind of thing. And then afterwards, there's about a month worth of editing and adding in the music and working on the audio and all that. But the filming itself only takes three weeks. And the whole thing is a very quick process. Um, it's weird because it's a really long process, and then it gets insanely fast at the end. So... Um, like with the sequel, you know, my producer was, you know, wanting to sell it to the network. And so we had to, you know, we had a long wait to find out if they were actually going to buy it. Um, you know, we waited and waited and waited, you wait like a year and then all of a sudden you get the green light and they're like, okay, let's do it. We're filming it next month and it's going to air three months from now. That's how every single one of my Hallmark films has been. You wait, you wait, you wait, you wait. And then you get the green light and then boom, in three and a half months, you're watching the movie. It's really crazy how, how it, and when you're there on set and you see how much work goes into actually putting a movie together and how many people are in the crew, it's just, it's astounding to me that you can even do it and, but much less do it so quickly. It's really surprising. It was really overwhelming the first time because I was, you know, every writer dreams of having their, their books turned into a movie. I mean, I don't know about you, but most writers do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's something we all fantasize about, you know, when you're talking about, I mean, it's, it's a, a really popular question for blogs and interviews. It's like, oh, if you could cast your book as a movie, who would the people be? So it's something that we all think about. And so I was already just so surprised. And, um, and also it was a really emotional experience for me because when Unleashing Mr. Darcy, the book came out, um, you know, the book did okay. It did not do great. You know, it was a top pick from RT. Um, it got a really good review in Publishers Weekly. You know, I think that my agent and my editor at the time, you know, we all had big high hopes for it. But the book came out and it just, you know, I guess it did kind of fizzle. I mean, it, it didn't really do as well as we all expected. And um, eventually, you know, that that particular branch of my publisher dropped me and I didn't write any more books for them because, you know, it just did okay. So um, 
you know, the movie coming out really kind of, well, I mean, it completely turned my career around because um, the book now is really popular. It's my best selling book. You know, it, it does really well every time the movie comes on because the movie is such a favorite. And so for me, it was just kind of like, you know, it resurrected my career. And I just never, you know, I loved the book so much, but I just never, I thought that that was it. I didn't really think that it would have a second life like it did. So when I went up to Canada to visit set during the first movie, I was already like really emotional about it. Plus the book is really personal to me because my actual dog bliss is in the book and now she's in the movie. It's really weird. Except it's not her in the movie. It's like a doggy actor playing her. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's complicated. Uh, But so, um, and then I got there and it was just so surreal because I'm looking at actual scenes from my book. It's like something that existed only in my head had become an actual real thing. And it's just a very surreal and overwhelming experience. I want every writer to experience it because I mean, it was just the whole time I'm there looking at what's going on. I have this huge, gigantic smile on my face. I mean, I just love it. I mean, and I hear stories about other authors who, because, you know, they do change some of the things in the book. The movie's a little bit different than the book, and that's really common. Um, You know, Hallmark Channel definitely has a brand, and they know what their viewers want, and so, you know, some of the things are different. There's there's one love scene in the book, and of course, that's not in the movie. Um, In the book, the hero's British. In the movie, he's American. Uh, So, I've, asked, I've had people ask me, well, don't those things bother you? And I'm like, actually, no, not at all. I mean, no, because I'm just, um, I'm so happy with the way the movies have come out. And it's just been such a positive and wonderful experience. You know, those changes don't bother me a bit. I guess I, maybe I wouldn't feel that way if I wasn't so happy with the end product. But I've been super happy with all of my Hallmark projects. So, you know, I'm just giddy about the whole thing. Well, I'm super pleased for you and um, both for your career and for all of us who get to to keep reading and keep watching these movies. Um, and Hallmark, FYI, call me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, they've really, I, I don't know, they've really become popular um, in the last few years. And mm-hmm. I think more and more people are, are discovering them as a, a way to you know, have like a family friendly or a rom-com because those, that, that segment of the marketplace isn't really found at at the movie theater as much anymore. Um, No, I think that's why they've been so popular is because, I mean, everyone loves a rom-com and I mean, what, I mean, what was the last really great rom-com that was at the theaters? I mean, they're few and far. <laughs> they're few and far between, you know. Yeah. Because um, for a while there were some really, really great ones. I mean, we had like you know Love Actually and How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days and Sweet Home Alabama and um, Twenty Seven Dresses. I mean, all of those movies, which I love and have seen a bajillion times bajillions totally a number um, you know there used to be a lot of rom-coms at the theater and they're just really not anymore and I think that Hallmark has really tapped into that market I mean that's where you're finding all the rom-coms is on Hallmark Channel right and you were absolutely right about the Hallmark brand I mean there is definitely I don't want to say a formula because that has a negative connotation but for writers we understand Right. It's, they're hitting beats. They're using tropes, you know, all the things that writers, we understand, um, which is why people love it, because it, it 
they have an expectation and it fulfills them. There's no like at the end she dies, you know. <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly. Um, but one of the big things that Hallmark movies is known for is Christmas movies, mm-hmm. and I just it just struck me: has there been any talk about a Mr. Darcy Christmas movie? Well, you know, I can't really say what's going. Oh, on. Okay, I mean, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> r- right now, yeah, right now we're doing Mary and Mr. Darcy. Okay, um, I, I mean, sorry, there, sorry. no, there are no other, you know, Darcy films in the works. You know, of course, we've tossed around a million ideas, but we have to see, you know, how Mary and Mr. Darcy does first. So yeah. everyone, watch it on June second right. again, and and I'll then mark. we can dive into other Darcy projects. <laughs> well, I, either way, I think that. Um, I think a Terry Wilson Christmas Hallmark would be fabulous. I do have a Christmas movie in development with Hallmark Channel, actually. It's not a Darcy movie. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, everyone. I was just guessing (laughs) because I thought that would be the natural next step because Hallmark and awesome Um, yeah I have it's a book that I wrote a few years ago for Harlequin Love Inspired and it's called Sleigh Bell Sweethearts and um, on page one of the book the heroine finds out that she's unexpectedly inherited a reindeer farm in Alaska so and there's of course a sexy reindeer ranch hand Um, so that is the premise of the book Um, but it's in development with Hallmark Channel right now the script is being worked on I don't know if it will come out in Christmas this year Christmas next year like I said it's a big waiting game and then all of a sudden boom it happens so it could still happen for 2018 or it could you know be later like next year or even the year after so I don't know when it's going to happen but it is in it's in development and it's got the same um executive producer as the Darcy films cute well keep us updated so um but that's one of your Harlequin books and then Mm -hmm. you've got another one coming out in June you're gonna be busy in June Um, I know (laughs) was it the ballerina secret yes um so this is is this part of a series you've got there Yes, I have a brand new series coming out this year from Harlequin Special Edition. Last year I did Drake Diamond's series and there were three books in it. Um, my new series is called Wild Hearts and because the family's last name is Wild and it has four books in it. And so I have a book coming out in that series in June, July, August, and December. And the first one is called The Ballerina's Secret, and I'm so excited about it um, because it has a um, a hearing-impaired heroine in it. I have a deaf ballerina. Oh, fascinating. And the, the hero's a musician, and so, you know, she... Yeah, it's it's really it's really exciting. It has a lot a big musical theme. I've have um I've done a playlist, a YouTube playlist of music, you know, that's in the book and which I'll be releasing I think when probably on June 1st. I'll post it on social media the day, you know, that the book comes out. But I love that book. It was a book that I started um gosh, I think I that was the book I was actively writing when Unleashing Mr. Darcy first came out and you know, I think that, you know, that was when we weren't seeing as many diverse characters in romance back then, just even a few years ago. And so because it had a deaf heroine, you know, I was having kind of a hard time finding a home for it. But then when I started writing for special edition, I sent it to my editor and she absolutely loved it. It's one of my favorite projects that I've, or one of her favorite projects that we've worked on together. So I'm really excited that it's going to be out there. Oh, that's going to be great. And I love a good playlist. So yeah, <laughs> I'll definitely be watching for that. And God, you're so busy. So you've got, f- you said four with this series and then your other um, single title later this year, um, The Accidental yes. Beauty Queen. 
is that? It? Yes, it's okay. called The Accidental Beauty Queen, and it's my first um, women's fiction romance blend, and it's for gallery books. And oh my God, I'm so excited about that book because it's the type of book that I've always wanted to write. It's written by first in first person point of view. Um, and it's basically, it's a romantic comedy. It's if you like um, Sophie Kinsella, um, Marianne Keys, uh, Jojo Moyes, only it's not quite as serious as her books, but you know, it has that kind of tone. It's, it's a humorous first person, you know, Bridget Jones kind of voice. Um, and it's, I mean, do you want me to tell you what it's yes, about? Yes, please do. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say like, okay, you've got Royal Books and then this Beauty Queen, which seems uh, kind of adjacent. So, <laughs> Well, there's a story behind it. So, okay. <laughs> um, because um, everyone knows about my royal obsession. I mean, I think, you know, I had six books out last year and four of them were royal. So, <laughs> you know, everyone kind of knows. And, you know, I post pictures of tiaras and all that kind of stuff on social media. So last year, it was probably in May or June, um, late at night, one night, I got a Facebook message from one of my Facebook friends. Of course, I have a lot of Facebook friends that I don't really know personally. Um, a lot of, some of them are readers, a lot of them are writers, but you know, you know how it is. You, you're on Facebook and you're friends with people you don't really know, know, but you know, like through the industry. Sure. So I get a Facebook message from one of my Facebook friends who's, who I knew as a literary agent. Her name's Ashley Martinez. And, um, she said, Terry, uh, I, I have a proposition for you. You know, can you give me your email address? And I was like, okay, sure. You know, I figured it must be like book related. And so she tells me that in addition to being, and I knew that she had done pageants before in her past. You know, I could, I've seen pictures of her like wearing crowns and stuff. So in addition to being a literary agent, she is also the marketing director for the Miss United States pageant. Okay. Which Refresher is the actual pageant in the movie Miss Congeniality, another amazing romantic comedy. I was about um, to say, I thought that was made up for Miss Congeniality. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an actual real life pageant that Miss Conge- the Miss Congeniality movie licensed for the movie. And it's oh, the same amazing. exact crown and everything that you oh, see. Now, they, they don't yeah. sing the song. Okay, well, anyway, back to the story. <laughs> yeah. So she sent, me an, you know, she sent me an email and she said that the Miss United States pageant was having their big national pageant in Orlando, Florida, and it was only like a month, three weeks or a month away. And she said, um, I was wondering if you might want to be our celebrity judge and judge the pageant. It seems like something you would be really into. And I was like, hold the phones. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, I would love that. Are you kidding? Kids, fancy dresses, crowns. I would be all over that. Celebrity and judge. Hello. I know. Put it's that on your resume. Yes, I know. I know. So, you know, she's a, she, Ashley is a big Hallmark Channel fan, and so is um, Stephanie, who's like the pageant director. And so, you know, they were under the impression that I was a celebrity. So I was like, let's just go for it if it means I can judge this pageant. Let's yes, just call me yes, that. I okay. Am. Yes. <laughs> I'm so a celebrity. So, um, yeah. Don't look at my Keurig on my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, they flew me out to Orlando, and I was in this like super fancy spa hotel for a whole week judging that pageant. It was crazy. So, um, yeah. So, and I had, of course, I have never been personally involved in a pageant before, so I didn't know how it worked. But, you know, for like four days before the pageant finals, there's preliminaries. 
So, and there are several divisions of the Miss United States pageant. There's the Miss, you know, the big pageant that we're all familiar with, but then there's also the teen version, the teen junior version, the Ms. Woman, which is, you know, um, over a certain age. There's the Mrs., the married division. And um, I judged all of those. So like the first day, you could do personal interviews where you interview the contestants. And actually, it was on the 4th of July last year. I interviewed 150 pageant contestants. And that is where I got my idea for Accidental Beauty Queen. Um, because one of, the, one of the contestants that I interviewed, you know, you can ask them anything, basically. I, had, I asked her, you know, just tell me something surprising about yourself. What's something that people would be surprised to learn about you? And she said, oh, I'm an identical twin. And I said, oh, wow. I said, well, is your identical, is your twin here supporting you during the pageant? And she said, yes, um, she's out in the hallway right now. She said, but if you saw us side by side, you would never realize that we're identical twins because she's really a tomboy and I'm a real pageant girl. And immediately I was like, oh my God, you know, that's when I got my idea for the book. So, um, so anyway, back to the book, <laughs> the book is about, a, you know, identical twins. My heroine is a school librarian. She's a big book lover. Um, she's shy. She's not into the whole pageant scene at all. Her identical twin is an Instagram famous model pageant queen. And, um, she has invited my heroine, Charlotte to Orlando for a week while she's competing in the Miss American treasure pageant. Um, just to be there as moral support and also to take her dog out for walks, which my heroine doesn't realize until she gets there. Um, but on the eve of the pageant preliminaries, Jenny, her pageant queen sister, has an allergic reaction to something that she's eaten and she, her face gets swollen up huge and she can't like show her face at the pageant. So her identical twin has to step in and take her place during the pageant preliminaries. So that's, that's the premise of the book. And um, which I obviously got the idea from my interview during Miss United States pageant. Oh and gosh. since then, this is so weird. So since then, I'm like a pageant judge now. I judged the um, Miss Central Texas pageant in the Miss America system just a few weeks ago, which was so fun. That's so interesting. And that's coming out in December? Yeah, the book comes out December 4th. Okay. It has a really cute cover. It and it, like I said, it, it was so much fun to write. Cover. Yeah, isn't I it cute? I love it. <laughs> I want, to, I want that cover to be best friends with my covers. <laughs> <laughs> I love your cover, too. The Royal Runaway cover. Yes. I, I love it. I know. So, um, yeah. So, I'm really excited about the book coming out. Because, like I said, it's a little bit different. It's really funny. It has some over-the-top um, moments. It also has a romance in it for my librarian turned beauty queen. So, um, anyway, I hope everyone reads it. So. Yeah. I mean, what, what drama, you know, that you can put into that scenario? I mean... The friendships, the, I don't know, backstabbing, dresses falling off. I mean, there'd be so much stuff that you could do. And and maybe you're like, no, mine's my ideas are all better than that. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I'm just like, you've got all that drama. And then if you've got, um, you know, a cute guy who's looks like Benjamin Bratt, Miss Congeniality, we're all, we're all good. I know, right? I'm not going to say who the hero is. I don't want to ruin it. It's a surprise. Okay, don't. Because at first you don't realize like who he is. But, um, but I will say that the, the book also, even though it's a beauty pageant book, has a really strong literary theme because my heroine's a librarian. So sometime between now and when the book comes out, I need to make a reading list, you know, kind of like that Rory Gilmore reading challenge for Gilmore girls. I need to have like an accidental beauty queen reading challenge because there's, 
so there are so many literary references in that book. I'd love to like list them all and see what all the different books are that are mentioned during the course of the book. So it has that, everything. Yeah. When you do that, please let me know. Cause I'll, I'll ha- be happy to share that with women with book subscribers. Because, oh, awesome. Um, I will. Um, cause I still need to do the final proofread of the book. So that's probably when I should do that. Like make a note of every single book that's mentioned. So yeah, that's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Cause otherwise uh, I have to proofread it. So yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of reading books and literary favorites, what do you like to read in between writing seven books a year? Um, that sounds like a lot of books. So. <laughs> I, it is. It is. I, oh I hate to break it to you, Tara, but you've got a lot of books going on. I know. You know, last year I had six coming out and I kept saying, this is too many books. You know, no one needs to read this many books by me in one year. I'm not doing that next year. So then for the longest time this year, I was only doing um, five books and a novella. <laughs> That's way less than six. I'm, yeah, I'm glad to see you've cut back. <laughs> so, but now I might be sneaking another one in there plus a movie. So I'm like, okay. And they're all like loaded into the back end of the year. I had um, nothing new come out, you know, for the whole first half of the year. Everything's like June onward. So everyone's going to be so sick of me by December. <laughs> but that's publishing though. It's 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 not just the movie industry. It's it's everything else. I know. Like, it's hurry crazy. Up, slow down. Hurry up. Slow down. It's nuts. But um, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a really big reader. I love to read and um I, I read a lot of commercial fiction I mean I hate to call it that you know but you know popular fiction women's fiction romance those are my favorite genres is there anything you've been recommending a lot or that you've been sinking your teeth into lately oh my god I am obsessed with Christina Lauren's new book Love and Other Words have you read it no I haven't it's on uh, shame on you you should got... it's by our publisher <laughs> I know well I just got done with Rumi's I just got oh, done with Rumi's oh which is so... also really good yes I loved Rumi's but Love and Other Words is on a whole nother level it is so good and I'm listening to the audiobook because I always am listening to an audiobook reading an ebook and reading a paper book like all at the same time <laughs> Which is I kind like of nuts. it. I no, know. I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. I do. Well, I like to listen to audiobooks, you know, in my car because honestly, you're in your car a lot more than you think you are. I plow mm-hmm. through like a book a week just driving around my neighborhood. It's crazy. Um, and I, I feel like I don't even drive that much. But, um, and then I, I, I prefer reading a paper book, but I also read a lot of ebooks on my iPad because I like to read in bed before I go to sleep. And, you know, it's easier to do that and not wake up my husband, you know, with the lamp. I just read on my iPad on night mode so he can sleep and, you know, I won't bother him. So that's why I read on three different platforms or whatever. But Love, in other words, I'm listening to the audiobook, which is so good. I, I forget who the reader is who reads it, but she's amazing. But I mean, I'm so into it that then I also bought the ebook. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I also bought the ebook so that at night I can get caught up and not have to like drive around the block in my car to find out what's happening. It's really good though. No, you're. Why would I not tell anyone? So you're on a podcast. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> then I'm buying multiple credit. versions of the same book. But it's, it's, it was, it's really good. And then one of my favorite books last year was also, I think, a gallery book called Close Enough to Touch. It might have been a different division of Simon & Schuster. It was by, I, you know what, I forget the author's name. I want to say what it is, but I always get it wrong, so I don't want to say the wrong name. But it was called Close Enough to Touch. And the main character in that book is um, allergic to the human touch. Like if Ooh. someone touches her, she'll go into anaphylactic shock and die. And um, that's a conflict. I know, right, I know. And so that, that, and of course it sounds like it could be really, really sad and parts of it were, but it was really good. That was my favorite book of 2017. 
Do you, do you like books that make you cry or do you want ones that make you laugh? Both. The ideal book will make me cry and laugh in the okay. same book. I just want to feel something, you yeah. know? Yeah. What is there a book or genre that people would be surprised that you like? Um, no, I mean, not like present day, but every time someone asked me when I first started writing, the first thing that I ever wrote that actually got published anywhere was in high school and it was in our high school literary magazine and it was a horror story because I was going through a real Stephen King reading phase and my romance writer friends just crack up every time I talk about that because um you know there used to be me right I'm all about cupcakes and girly stuff and glitter and they're like what <laughs> because the first story I ever wrote was called the balloon and it was about a red balloon that a little boy had gotten at the zoo and um, as the little boy started forgetting about the balloon, it started deflating and it eventually tried to murder the kid. So that's... Oh, my gosh. I that, know. That just took a twist. I, I know. was not expecting it's that. super dark and not anything like what my writing is like today or what... I mean, I don't even read horror books. So, yeah. So that is kind of a surprising thing. But um, the things that I read now, mostly... I mean, I like the occasional thriller. I just read that big thriller that's out right now called um, The Flight Attendant, which I bought at the airport. It seemed like it would be good reading material on a plane. And it was good. I, I really I liked think, that book. I don't think you're the only person that's done that. I swear I've seen someone else. Maybe maybe uh, it was you on social media. Like, hey, I picked this up. I'm like, oh, yeah. no, don't. It, it probably was me. <laughs> but... Um, uh, yeah, so occasional, the occasional thriller, you know, thrillers are super popular right now after Gone Girl and Girl on a Train and all that, which I love Girl on a Train. Um, so I'll read those occasionally, but usually um, it's more, you know, humorous women's fiction or romance or, you know, just general fiction. All right. Well, I could think we could talk about all the different royals and dresses and ballerinas all day long, but I think <laughs> it's time for the lightning round. Are you ready? Okay, I didn't know there was a lightning round. Now I'm scared, but okay. There is a I'm lightning ready. round. Don't worry. It's the most fun thing. Okay. It's, I guarantee you'll know all the answers. Okay. Dorothy. And I'm probably going to embarrass myself. That's what always happens when I'm on a no, lightning round of anything. No, okay. No, no. okay. Um, what do you prefer, dark or milk chocolate? Um, milk chocolate. Coffee or tea? Both, but right now I'm drinking coffee. When your phone rings, do you answer it? <laughs> no <laughs> no I mean I look to see who it is first unless it's Rita <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah if it's Rita Day I will answer that phone <laughs> when you were telling that story I was thinking about this question I was like hmm I don't know I would answer actually I, I usually okay I take that back because I usually do answer it because my friends are always like why are you answering that because if it's a number that I don't recognize I'll answer it but my son lives in Korea and so um, I'm always worried it's going to be like something related to him, you know, so I, I always answer it because I'm, con you know, just because I'm a worried mom. So, yeah. yeah. How do you normally waste time on the Internet? Um, probably on social media or browsing Amazon, looking at different books uh, or online shopping. OK, I waste a lot of time. online. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? They made it so easy for us to do. I know. Oh, and royal blogs. Okay, but that's it. <laughs> After that, I mean, we know you're not wasting time because you're writing seven books a year. Correct. Yes. <laughs> All right. Which wedding would you rather be invited to? Prince Harry's or Princess Eugenie's? Uh, Prince Harry's, for yes. sure. 
Um, tiara or fascinator? Tiara. What's your favorite type of cupcake? Sea salted caramel vanilla from Bird Bakery. <gasps> that sounds so good. It okay. is. It's like Disneyland in your mouth. Oh, they need to put that on a poster. <laughs> um, favorite rom-com? Oh my goodness. That's really, really hard. My initial instinct is to say Devil Wears Prada, but it's not technically a rom-com. So hmm. I'm going to say Sweet Home Alabama. That's a good one. Yeah. I would say that Devil Wears Prada might be a romance between uh, Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Almost, where they like learn to love each other, but, um, but it's not. Okay. <laughs> On your next vacation, will you be going to the mountains or the beach? Uh, I think I'm going to the desert because I'm going to Reno for RT. Although it's not really a vacation, but, you know, that's you where I'm out. going. Get out to the spa or something. You deserve yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you call it soda or pop? Soda. On a hero, do you prefer the abs, forearms, or chiseled jaw? Chiseled jaw. Are you more likely to buy a book cover with abs on it or the beach? The beach. And very important, last question. What are your feelings about turning to the last page of a book first? No, no, never. I would never do that. I don't even like to read the blurb. I mean, that's how bad it is. Really? No, I don't read the blurb. I feel like it gives away too much information. And every time I get a blurb from a publisher on one of my own books, I read it and I'm just cringing. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're giving it away. I mean, <laughs> I have a book coming out later this year that incidentally is Probably, I, you know, I don't want to say my favorite. Actually, I'm saying that about all the books that I have coming out. Oh, it's so good. It's my favorite. Which is... I really love this one. No, this one. I know. It's so conceited. But I do. I have babies. Book... All your kids are your favorite. I know. All your dogs are your favorite. Yes. And so I have a book coming out later this year called The Bachelor's Baby Surprise. And it was such a fun book to write. It's one of the books that I discussed with Julia Kelly while we were at RWA last year. Because okay. it opens um, on the morning after a one-night stand which is a really um, unusual opener for me in particular. And so it's a really different book for me and I love it. But um, like I said, it's called The Bachelor's Baby Surprise and <laughs> there's no baby in it like till the epilogue. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I, so not even the blurb, when I got the title, I was like, seriously, we're like giving away every surprise in this book with the title. <laughs> but you know, people love babies. People love babies. And already that book doesn't come out until August. And it's already, I think, outselling all my other books so far this year. <laughs> That's so funny. I know. It's still going to be really a fun read because there are a lot of twists and turns in it. And it's, it's just, it, like I said, I love that book. But it was just, I was not expecting, um, you know, to have the baby information like right there in the title. But that's why I don't buy That's why I don't read blurbs because I like to be surprised. I want to be surprised when I'm reading a book. And so what I do is I read the first page. I read the first page. And if I like the voice, I have, I'll buy the book. Nice. Well, yeah. on that note, um, I'm going to have to say farewell. Ciao. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having, uh, for coming. And, um, I can't wait to read some of your books. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. Thanks, Terry. Okay. Bye.
Thank you for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review. And if you want to share your love of a book with the world, you can go to our Facebook page and leave a comment. Or, this is the fun part, I have an actual phone number in our show notes. Call, leave a message about a book that you loved and you want the world to know about, and I will try to play your voicemail on the air so that you can be a part of this podcast, which, after all, is all about reading and readers. This is Lindsay Emery on Women With Books. Keep reading.